Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was away somewhere, and today is his birthday. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Camp Blood Radio. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me at camp tonight is the drunk uncle, Kent Mullins. Hey, what's up, guys? Now for tonight's episode, no follow-ups this week, no checking in on the Camp Blood Radio takes over the world map or any of that stuff because we have, we're going to get right down to business and we have a very special guest joining Kent and I tonight, and that is someone from the filming location of the first Friday the 13th film in Blairstown, New Jersey. I would like to welcome the curator of the Blairstown Museum, Jeanette Ayurado. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and talk about Blairstown and, of course, the museum. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to finally be able to, to speak with both of you, and uh, it's an honor to uh, be able to share all the great things that we're, we're doing here in Blairstown. And I definitely appreciate your time. I know that you're swamped, especially with your special event coming for Friday the 13th next week and all the craziness that comes along with that. Uh, like I said, definitely appreciate your time. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of things about Blairstown that I don't think a lot of people really, really know about. I don't know that they don't necessarily it, it's not that they don't care about it, but they're so inundated with Friday the 13th. They might not know about some of the, the history of the town and the community. And uh, of course, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. But for tonight's episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Blairstown in general. We're gonna talk about uh, us crazy Friday the Thirteenth fans. We're gonna talk about the museum, of course, the the Friday the Thirteenth um, exhibit. We've got Jason Fest next week, right on site. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things to discuss. So, um, just to kick things off. Um, how did the Blairstown Museum come about? I know it hasn't been open very long, but it was just kind of like all of a sudden, boom, a few years ago, here it is. Yeah, so um, so the story is um, my husband and I moved to Blairstown six years ago, and we've always been history buffs. Um, we've always just, and I don't just mean like watching a history channel. We've always just really enjoyed just researching history. And so when we moved here, we, you know, naturally want to become acquainted with the town and and, you know, who had lived here before and, and what was this all about. And we were just fascinated by the history. I mean, there's so many firsts here in Blairstown from, and it's not just our town founder, although John Inslee Blair lived an amazing life. We have a year-round exhibit on him um, called Poverty to Philanthropy. And it really just, you know, focuses in on his life. You know, young boy, um, graduate, uh, you know, attend school. This is all homeschooling, early 1800s. Um, he leaves school at, in third grade, um, and he goes on to become a millionaire later on in his life. And being a millionaire in the 1800s was just an amazing accomplishment. And to know that he did it on, you know, the, the ability to only read and, and write and do arithmetic on a third grade level is just amazing. And, and education back then isn't what it is today. Um, so he accomplished great things. And with those accomplishments, he gave very generously to the town. Um, you know, when Friday the 13th fans come here or anyone comes here, when you're driving through town, especially through the historic district, which is, you know, famous for Annie's Walk, 
I mean, a lot of those buildings are buildings that he had built in the mid 1800s. Um, and when you start researching the, the engineering and, and what they needed to do to, to create them and to create this little hamlet out here, which continues to be a very rural part of New Jersey, just an amazing accomplishment for him. Um, huge railroad industrial industrialist. You know, the reason why we have the Transcontinental Railroad is because of him. Um, he gave the first million dollars to the Civil War, um, the huge proponent of equal education. Um, you know, it's just an amazing life. But we've had so many other firsts here. The first female pharmacist registered in the state was from Blairstown. Um, just some really, really neat things. And we have our share of, you know, horror stuff that's not even movie related, real life related. Um, but it's a fascinating history. And we thought people that come to our town or move to our town should should know all this. Um, we can't be the only ones to know it. And the, the town is changing. A lot of the old timers are passing away or moving away, and they're just not here to share their stories. And we thought, let's connect with their families. Let's get their stories. Let's present it in, you know, in a professional setting uh, where people can come in for free and learn. I could not believe how quickly this took off. We founded the museum um, July of 2015. We officially opened our doors October 1st, 2016. It took off like a rocket. Um, we're, you know, soon to be three years in into this. We do a hundred events a year. We change our exhibit cases monthly. Um, in the beginning, it was just Tony and I. Today, we have over 50 volunteers. I'm so proud that throughout all of this, we're all volunteers, myself included. Um, and so, but you know, it, it's been such an incredible journey. And the Friday the 13th fans for us just take it to they take it to another level. I mean, I think we were three weeks in on our opening when they started coming into the museum and wanting to see artifacts. And so we thought, oh my God, we're, we're totally missing this. You know, we're so focused on the 1700s. We're so focused on the railroad. And we're so focused on, you know, the first school here in 1848. We're completely missing the mark of recent history, of movie history. Um, and the fans are so passionate about it. And we just thought that we have to do something for them. And it took us a while to acquire a building. Um, we wanted it in close proximity. Anyone who's been here knows the historic district is small. Uh, so it took a little time to be able to, you know, locate the correct building. It just happened to be right across the street from the history museum we opened. We thought mm -hmm. this is perfect. This is gonna become the next, the next museum. Um, and so for the past year, we've been working on that building. I'm so, so excited for our opening next Friday, you know, next Friday on, on September 13th, Friday the 13th, to officially open the Friday the 13th Museum. I think fans will probably, you know, be very excited to know that when they visit this town long term now, they're going to have a home base that they can come to. Um, it's been, it's been a wild ride. I never thought we, you know, we would end up here, but but this is where we are. Okay, so it sounds like uh, Blairstown has a whole lot of history. What got you, what, was it your love for Friday the 13th that, that got you um, wanting to, to get involved in this? Or, or was it the history of the town as a whole? Were you a fan of Friday the 13th before all this? Well, the museum was initially open just to kind of highlight our, our local history. You know, um, town, you know, our forefathers and foremothers and um, our, our town founder, John Inslee Blair, who I had said just lived an amazing life and just gave so generously um, to so many towns across America, not just here in Blairstown. Um, 
and a really inspiring life story. For the Friday 13 fans, I, of course, have had seen the movie. The volunteers had seen the movie. Um, what kicked it off for us was they started coming into the museum about three weeks after we opened, and they wanted to know more. And they, you know, diehard fans have seen the movie a million times, so it's not like they were looking for, you know, what scene do you like or or anything like that. They wanted to know really more of the behind the scenes, like what, what did we know about the making of the movie and, you know, what took place and how did they acquire the camp and why did they settle on Blairstown? And there's just questions like that we were asking and that we were being asked and we're like, we need to know these answers. We really, I mean, we've seen the movie, but we've never looked into the movie. Um, and so we made it a research project. And then, you know, when Matthew came in, Matthew Keller's longtime Blairstown resident, um, walked in and he's like, you know, do you guys have anything put together for Friday the 13th? Because it's three months away and there's just, this town is going to be, you know, just overflowing with fans. And we're like, yeah, we've had a couple come in, but you know, you have to understand Blairstown. This is a very rural part of the state. If you have 15 people at any given time walking on Main Street, it's, it's a lot. You know, you yeah. see any more than that. And you're like, oh, is there an accident? Did someone get pulled over? You know, um, it's a very quiet town, but we could now, not believe how many people are, are, are there still a lot of like uh, locals around that remember um, back whenever they were filming Friday the 13th that have stories and stuff? Or are most of those most of those uh, old timers, are they have they, you know, moved on or passed away or are those guys still around? There, there are quite a few that are still around. Um, you, you have your share of the old timers that embrace the movie and like that it was filmed here and like the cult following. Um, they, they really get a kick out of it because when the movie was made, they didn't think anything would come of it. They certainly never thought it would be this, you know, 39 years later. Um, so, you know, there, you, you have the old timers that really get a kick out of it and they come out of the woodwork on Friday the 13th. They want to meet the fans. They want to share their experiences. They want to talk about, you know, when Sean Cunningham came to town and he held a community roundtable here um, and, and spoke to the locals and spoke to the mayor at the time and was telling them what he was doing and, and why he had settled on, on Blairstown, that it was rural and it was quiet and it was inexpensive to film in. And uh, so you do get a lot of them that come out and they want to interact with the fans. And then you have, you know, you have that percentage that, they're a bit ashamed of it. They don't want to, they don't understand the horror genre, you know, and they just stay home. <laughs> they just stay home on that day. You won't see them around town. They'll pick up their mail on Thursday. Um, you know, they won't go to the diner that morning. And, and that's okay too. You know, not everyone has to like it, but uh, for the fans who have been here before in the past, they know that they do get to interact with a lot of the old timers that enjoy sharing their, their memories about the filming. Well, I can imagine that's a lot of fun for them too, because like yeah. you said, it's a real like rural uh, area. That's where I'm from too. And I can only imagine, you know, uh, once a year, everybody flocking to my hometown and, and all these, you know, old timers that kind of keep to themselves all of a sudden having firsthand stories of people that are, you know, obsessed with this stuff. So that's a big deal to them that, and it would be a lot of fun to interact with those people. The, the best story we have locally is, and he's always at the pub across the street from the museum. So if you come to town, you know, next Friday on the 13th and, and you visit us, you want to visit the post time pub, you'll most likely meet Link Charles and Lincoln will tell you all about how um, a big bulk of the artifacts that were used in the movie, you know, a lot of the props were just kind of put 
at the end of the road, at the end of the driveway of the camp, and they were just left for garbage pickup. I don't think they realized that Blairstown didn't have garbage pickup. It still doesn't. You, got, you know, every resident has to contract their own garbage pickup. Town does not provide that. Um, and so I don't think they knew that when they filmed the movie, and they just kind of left everything in a mess. And so, you know, Lincoln and his friends went out there and started rummaging through. And for years, Lincoln was wearing the teeth that Ari Lehman used, you know, at, at the end there, not to spoil the movie for anyone, oh, but, yeah, you know. Well, if he, you, I don't he, think you're spoiling, if, you, if you're spoiling no, the movie, that was There's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was wearing, on you. He, was wearing the, he was wearing the teeth at, at the local, you know, at the pub Halloween party for years. It was part of his Halloween costume. He never gave any thought to this came from a movie, this may be valuable one day, fans may want to see this, um, you know, and he and his friends would, would take turns wearing it as part of their Halloween costume. Same with the acts from Marcy, you know, uh, Savini didn't know, you know, whether he was going to, you know, put the acts on Marcy or, or create, you know, this, this replica of her and have the acts embedded in that. Well, that had, you know, roaming around Blairstown with the acts in it. And it's amazing these people use this as Halloween decorations. Um, because they they never put any value into the movie back then. That stuff today would be worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Isn't that crazy? I know. Absolutely. I know. Has it been lost in 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 over the years? Has it kind of been lost, or has that been saved? We know that a uh, a former detective who's now retired from town still has the Marcy head with the axe. He's very protective of it. Um, he's since moved out of town, but he's still in the state. Um, he occasionally puts it in his front window at Halloween time with a lamp on it. We've tried to get him to put it on loan to us, but he's just very protective of it. Now he understands the value. So it's something he's probably going to leave to his kids. Um, as for Link with the teeth, he ended up giving it to a friend who gave it to a friend. And just over the past couple of years, they have lost the teeth. Um, but there's photos of him wearing it. And he's very proud of the fact that he, you know, had Ari Lehman's teeth for a number of years. So he's, he's a, you know, quite a character. So fans will definitely get to meet him if, if they come out next Friday. Nathan is actually close friends with Ari. So I'm sure he's going to get a kick whenever he, whenever he hears that, whenever Nathan lets him in on that little gym. Oh, I'm going to let him know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you guys, I, I had a little technical difficulty there. So you guys just continued on, right? We're good to go. Okay, so got to hear a little bit about the, you know, how the museum got started up and all that good stuff. And I think once more people get aware of its, of its existence and, of course, that you're going to have a Friday the 13th exhibit within the museum, I wouldn't be surprised if people started saying, hey, you know, uh, I got something that maybe people want to see and they might lend stuff mm-hmm. um, you know, for uh, a month or two here and there, or they may even donate some stuff. Um, I think Vince DeSanti was telling us uh, the other night, Kent, didn't he say something about Kyle's, um, Kyle McLeod's outfit is there on display now? Yeah, I believe he did. I remember him mentioning that. Yeah, so when we we started, you know, mentioning that we were working on this museum and um, we had intended to open it in May and it just wasn't working out for us. And we thought, you know what, really should have the grand opening on an actual Friday the 13th. So we pushed it to September to next week. And um, he was the first of the fan films to contact us and say, you know, are you going to have a fan film exhibit portion? And we said, of course. 
Um, and so he had sent a bunch of stuff over, including Kyle's outfit uh, from the movie. So we're excited to have that on a mannequin. But the other fan films who have really, you know, for good or for bad, whether you like them or not, they've carried the torch this whole time for the franchise. And so they'll all be featured in some way. Um, and and it's, it's nice for the museum that we are, we're just kind of like a big tent. We were, it's, it's something we started with the local history. You know, um, we exhibit everything at the museum, whether it's, you know, we don't just stay with the pleasantries uh, when it comes to the history portion of the museum. Um, we'll talk about the murders. We'll talk about, you know, the suicides. We'll talk about the infirmary. We talk about some of the unpleasant sides of history because unfortunately they exist and, you know, you can't just pretend that they never happen. Um, so we wanted to do the same with Friday the 13th, which we just wanted to just exhibit everything and, and not just part one, you know, include as much of the franchise as we could, you know, include the game um, and include the fan films. Uh, and I, I know there's a lot of, you know, there's some issues between some of the fan film camps, but at the museum, they're all welcome. And we'll have a number of them playing as trailers all day long. Um, next week, we have some exclusive footage coming out from Voorhees. Um, we have a four minute trailer from the next installment of Never Hike Alone that we'll be releasing. Um, and of course, the two premieres of Vengeance. So it, it, it's really nice, I think, for the fans that they have a home base here in Blairstown um, where they can enjoy the franchise and, and the fan films that they've generated. So as far as the museum is concerned, uh, you'd mentioned earlier about having some separate space or being able to add on to the museum. If people start jumping out of the woodwork and saying, hey, I want to donate this or I want to put this on display, how big of an area are we talking as of right now does the Friday the 13th exhibit actually consume as part of the museum? Um, Well, you know, what we ended up doing was we'll now have two buildings. So it's two museums. We have the local history museum at 26 Main Street and directly across the street at 27 Main Street uh, will be the Friday the 13th Museum. Um, The Friday 13th Museum floor space is a lot bigger than the local history museum, which is small, don't get me wrong. Um, It just, you know, we're not talking about a natural museum of, of art or anything like that. This is a relatively small building within a small footprint in the historic district, but the entire first floor is dedicated um, to the movie, and the uh, the second floor will act as an Airbnb where, you know, fans will be able to stay if they're coming in from out of town, um, and that'll help to, you know, continue to fund the museum. For people who want to put items on loan um, or want to donate, uh, we'll handle that the same way we handle it for the History Museum. Um, they can put it on loan for as long as they like, um, or they can just do a full-out donation. Um, we don't appraise anything that's given to us. So if they're looking for the, the tax deduction that they do get, because we are a 501c3, um, if they're looking for that, they would have to get the item appraised themselves um, just because we're not appraised, you know, we're not appraisals, but we do insure the items. We have security at both buildings. Um, it, it, they can be rest assured that their items are in good hands. Um, we're not just, you know, we're not just people who decided to do this as a hobby. You know, I've taken uh, extensive classes through the American uh, Museum uh, Association, and we have learned how to carefully handle these these artifacts and how to preserve them. Um, I've never thought that I would be preserving, you know, someone's great 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 grandmother's wedding dress, but we do, and we and we do it with with great care and detail. And so the Friday 13th items would would be handled the same way, very respectfully, um, and and always given back 
you know, if if not in the same condition, in better condition, then, then we receive it. So as of right now, I know that you had mentioned about uh, the head still in existence and a couple other items and things were just kind of left out for the garbage because nobody really understood that Friday would become the right. the billion dollar industry that it is now. So uh, it's unfortunate that more screen use items don't exist, but it just kind of is what it is. But um, I just think it's great what you're doing. I mean, it's, it is a very iconic uh area in in the horror world i mean when you see that opening shot and you see her you know walking through the tunnel and obviously the cemetery and all that you know all that good stuff uh it's nice to see that it it really hasn't changed much outside of maybe a building color so literally like you kind of see what we've seen in the movie every day yeah it really is like living and and working and visiting um just a live movie set um where nothing has changed um, and it will not change anytime soon. Blairtown is very protective of the historic district. There's a lot of ordinances in place. Um, we're on the National Registry of Historic Places. So it's not easy for someone to come in and, and maybe demo a building. Um, I don't think we'll ever have condominiums here. Um, it's just not the town for it. We don't even have public transportation. Um, we have an Uber, um, you know, and if you catch her before she hits the pub, she's, she's good to drive you around. But it's a, it's a small town, you know, it's, it's a rural town right. and uh, you don't believe that you're in New Jersey, but I love the historic district and it definitely is like, like walking through, walking through a, a, a movie set and fans so, love it. They eat it up. Be, being that it, it is like, like a protected area, basically, um, or what, however you want to classify the zoning or, or whatnot, like most, most states or cities will have historic areas or historic districts, like you said, that you can't just you can't just change things on them, but I see the pictures that you post of uh, the local pubs, uh, local restaurants, things of that nature. And really the, the part that we do see in the, in the movie um, that's, is that, I guess, to my understanding, since I've never been there myself, but that's kind of like, that's kind of it for the main part of Blairstown or, or is there a whole nother area of town that has even more uh, businesses, restaurants, things of that nature? We have a state highway. We have uh, Route 94 that cuts through town. Um, and so along the highway, you'll you'll find, you know, that was a whole big deal when we got a Rite Aid. Um, that was huge. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we have an Acme and we have a tractor supply, of course. But uh, I think those are the only three really big name brand things that we have here, aside from like Valero and Sunoco. Um, but Route 94 is lined with, you know, different restaurants and different little stores and shops, um, you know, vape shop and we've got a vape shop so it is dotted but for the historic district itself where annie walks through that's pretty much it you know we have a post office a cafe a couple of restaurants of course the diner uh, we'll now have two museums um it, it's it's i i don't want to call it a depressed area it's not a depressed area i don't want to give fans the wrong impression but when you're looking at friday the 13th and you're looking at that the opening shot of the town um, you see the tall weeds and sidewalks are cracked and it kind of looks like a very, it does look like a sad and depressed area. Blairson is definitely on a comeback. Um, I don't want the museum to take 100% credit of it because there's other groups in town that are doing their thing. Um, but, you know, in speaking with CJ, he had made a good analogy. He had said that museum is kind of like a B12 shot in the arm of this town. Um, we're revitalizing buildings. We're getting funding to help homeowners, you know, paint their homes, 
we have, you know, the, there's just new, you know, flower planters on Main Street and our museum, you know, volunteers are watering them and it's definitely on an uptick. We have almost all of the storefronts now filled. It's a lot different than it was two years ago. And it's a lot different than it was 40 years ago when they filmed it. So I think for fans that come back time and time again, especially over the past few years, I definitely think they're seeing improvements um, in terms of how the town looks. I mean, crime-wise, we barely have anything that happens here. So we're really fortunate with that. But, you know, for a while there, the historic buildings, they were hurting, and, and some still are. But it's been really nice to see, you know, people just kind of taking care of their properties more and the museum being able to help them reach those goals. Uh, and that's, you know, another thing about the museum that I love is we're not just the museum. Um, we really have become like this cultural centerpiece in the town. Um, we, we're all volunteers. And when the Friday 13 fans come here and they're, you know, maybe buying a shot glass off the shelf or, you know, they're buying a t-shirt. These are all locally like, you know, produced items, which is great for the local economy here because we have less than 6,000 people live here. Um, so it's great. You're not just, you know, you're not just buying, you know, a paddle. You're not just buying something that's engraved, you know, and says, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. You're actually putting food on the table of these local people, and that's helping them to then, you know, give better lives to their kids and improve their properties. And it's been an incredible economic stimulus for the town. When we started this, there was just a very small handful of businesses that were engaging fans, uh, that were welcoming them. I'd say today almost every business in the village except for one is welcoming to them. Um, and that one closes on that day because it's just not our thing. And, and that's fine. It doesn't have to be everyone's thing. But we've done incredible outreach with just trying to convince the businesses, whether it's a gas station or, you know, a candle shop or an artist. You know, we have a nice art gallery on Main Street now. Just trying to get across to them that the, the fans are coming here. They're willing to spend money in your town. They're visiting your town. You know, don't price gouge them. You know, the same price you have on an item the week prior should be the same price you have on Friday the 13th, should be no different. Um, you know, maybe offer a special, do a 13% discount. And we've seen, we've just seen it grow. And like I said, the fans that come here now year after year, um, they're definitely seeing that they're being embraced more by the businesses. They're getting receiving discounts. You know, there's a barber shop on, on Main Street and she does $13 walk-in haircut. So if you had to get a haircut before you met, you know, an actor that we're hosting, you can certainly do that for 13 bucks. So they, they've all come around, they've all seen the, the benefit, you know, to it. And it, it's really, I don't know, I can't believe we've come this far with it in two years. It's just, it's been an incredible journey for us. Well, and not to mention with every time a Friday the 13th rolls around and you had mentioned earlier that you could have, say, 5,000 people all, all of a sudden in town, which basically doubles your, your population, I guess, at that point, since you said you have, mm -hmm. you know, five 6,000 residents of the city of Blairstown. I don't know. I guess sometimes I think <laughs> when you've mentioned that most every, most everybody's kind of cool with the, with the circumstances and stuff, but to me, I would think that... Um, not just on a Friday the 13th, but you have people coming to visit Blairstown um, aside from maybe wintertime, but all year round that want to come check out the filming locations. So even not on a, you know, quote, Friday the 13th, you could still have random people meandering around town. And to me, I would think that maybe some of the locals, not necessarily business owners, but there's got to be some residents in town, like some grumpy old guys, you know, the, the get off my lawn type of guys, but they got to get, 
they got to get tired of the Friday fans, I would assume. We do have, you know, we definitely do have that, that percentage of, of people. I'm not going to lie. And, um, but you know, even they're coming around, even I have seen people who two years ago when we were posting, you know, you know, buy your ticket, we're going to have, you know, Ari, we had Ari last April. And so we started promoting him pretty early on that we were, we were really excited to get him. He was the, the first from the franchise that we were hosting. And, um, I think, you know, I've just seen a big difference in people here in town. I think they're almost starting to get it. Um, we've had a lot of meetings with town hall. A lot of these, you know, when, when we do meetings with town hall, it's always open to the public when we go to speak to the mayor and the committee. And, I, and, and the public comes. I mean, at a typical township committee meeting, you're lucky if you can get 10 people. And, you know, when the museum is there to speak, it it's, could be standing room only at times. Is um, it, a, so is it Blairstown a, Township? Is, is that actually okay? So, does yep. the city have five or six thousand residents, or does the whole township have that? Because the town it's itself the looks town. okay. That's the town, okay. Gotcha. Township of Blairstown is very large in terms of size, but not very well populated, and a lot of it is still farmland or preserved land uh, that can't be built upon. So, you know, to to go to a town meeting and want to discuss Friday the thirteenth and have almost standing room only, it's a big thing for a little town. And I think they're getting it. I think they're understanding that. The horror genre isn't something to be afraid of. These people are good people. Over For us, anyway, I don't know how it is at the conventions, but for us, a lot of it's just a lot of middle-aged people just kind of being nostalgic. They're reliving their youth. They're meeting up with friends they haven't seen in a while or someone that they met at a convention last year, and now they have a chance to meet up with them here. And I think they're all getting it. I really do. I don't think we have a lot of curmudgeons left. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't. We don't get nearly as much pushback on it as we have in the past. And I think this Blairstown is just beginning to embrace it. Well, and that's good to hear because obviously it's good for the city to be able to feed off that and make money off of off the film title, off the film name. Um, but it, it sounds like a Blairstown to me just kind of sounds like, like Kent, Kent here is from, from uh, Backwoods, Kentucky. So it being Blairstown being like small town USA, kind of out in the middle of nowhere farming community, Ken, I think you'd probably be right at home there, buddy. Yeah, she's basically um, describing my hometown. Um, the only difference is my hometown is we we don't have Friday the thirteenth, uh, but we do have Crystal Meth. So that's <laughs> no Crystal Lake. You have Crystal Meth, <laughs> and the old folks are very carmudgeony about that. I will say, <laughs> right, right. Well, you, earlier you'd mentioned uh, Jeanette that there's not much crime there, which is good. But one, one thing that I would always kind of think about would be what do the local police like think about all this touristy stuff, people walking around and not just on a Friday the, th- the 13th, but any time during the year when you might have not even necessarily a Jason cosplayer, but maybe a, a Michael Myers or just general monsters, uh, Freddy Krueger, just who there's gotta be people meandering around all the time, taking pictures and the police probably are like, okay, here we go again. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, small town is small police department, so we, we don't have a robust force. Um, we do have the aid of the state police, which is just in the town over. Um, actually, they're not far from where the uh, the cemetery scene was shot with uh, Robbie Morgan, with Annie. Um, so they do have the backup of the state police, but the, the town police have kind of embraced it as well. I mean, um, we're really fortunate. I'm going to knock on wood when I say this because I'm a little superstitious, but um, we've never had an incident. Um, it related to Friday the 13th. It's actually been really nice. And I don't think the fans leave a gum wrapper on the street. 
um, and you wake up Saturday morning and there's a couple still meandering around, but by the time you're up on Sunday, Claritown is right back to where it was on Thursday. Um, it, you would hardly think anyone came through, um, but the cops are good. I'm sure that they're a little stressed with it because they, you know, I, I think our force at this point has eight cops. <laughs> so I think they might be all hands on deck for that weekend. Um, so I think it's a little stress for them in, in those terms. But like I said, they do have the backup of the state police. But the cops that do walk around um, throughout the historic district, particularly on Friday 13th, they stop and take photos with fans. They stop and take photos with the cosplayers. They're pretty good at assessing what's a threat and what's not. We have a lot of, uh, you know, just, just a lot of experience and, and seasoned officers. Um, and so they're really good at, at judging. And I hate to use the word profiling, but you know, they can tell when there's just a cosplayer having fun, you know, and when someone may be a threat. And, and thankfully, we've never had the latter. But the cops get into it, too. It, it really has become a town celebration. Well, the reason I ask that is because, as you know, there's umpteen hundred towns across the U.S. that have a city by the a name of Crystal Lake. Um there's, I can think of several right off the top of my head, but I knew somebody that worked for one of, for one of these Crystal Lake police departments and they, and obviously there was no Friday the 13th filmed there. There was no association, association with the franchise or whatever, but one of the officers was like, yeah, every time there's a Friday the 13th, there's always a bunch of idiots because there is a Crystal Lake in this town and they're always mm-hmm. dressing up and swimming in the lake and doing dumb shit. And it's just kind of like we, you know, we kind of just turn our head to it for the most part because it's going to happen every time there's a Friday the 13th, even though it has nothing to do with the franchise. He's like, we get sick of it, but as long as they don't cause any problems, we just kind of leave it at that. But I was just kind of curious with Blairstown actually having the direct connection if they, you know, some of them were just kind of over it or if they were cool about it. I mean, just uh, just curiosity. Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely cool with it. And like I said, they're pretty good at at assessing, you know, who's here to have fun and who's not. The typical ordinances apply. You know, if you're drinking at the pub, you can't leave the porch with an alcoholic beverage. So it's not like you can just walk around town with alcohol. You know, unfortunately, crystal meth is still outlawed here. So oh, okay. we haven't been, you know, we're not Kentuckyized yet. But, you, you know, you, you, you don't want to walk out there. Yeah, you, you don't want to walk down the street, you know, smoking weed or drinking. I mean, I would think that you would treat it. And most fans do, I'd say 99.9% of them just kind of treat it like they would treat it, treat their own hometown. Um, so they're very respectful of the area. And uh, for, for the diner, I think they see almost as many visitors as we do because starting at five or six in the morning, that line is just beginning to file and they're all waiting for the diner to open. Um, so it, 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 the crowd kind of shifts during the day where you have a lot of people want to have breakfast at the diner and then walk that block and a half over to Main Street and hang out on Main Street all day. So it, it's a fun atmosphere and, and the cops have been really, really good about it. Good deal. Uh, mentioning Ari Lehman earlier. Uh, yeah, Ari is a friend of mine. And the, the I think you said it was last April. I was trying to think of when he was out there the first time. Uh, so it would have been April of last year, I think, correct? Yeah, Ari was a rock star last year. We were, you know, we, we had never done this before, and we certainly had never hosted a, uh, you know, a celebrity or anyone from a movie. So, you know, when I sent him a Facebook message, we were just like, he's not going to respond to us. And like, two minutes later, you know, ding, there he is. Hey, guys. Um, and he's just become a great friend to the museum and, and to us personally. 
He's been very generous with the museum, which is great. Um, he's just, he was a rock star last year. I mean, I think he arrived on Main Street just a little after 12 in the afternoon. Um, and he kept signing till well after midnight. He barely took any breaks. We were kind of urging him to, because we didn't, you know, we didn't want to tire him out and him to go, Jesus Christ, I worked so much, I'm never coming back here again. But he was on his feet for a good 12 hours. He oversold on the meet and greet. So we just, he waited till every last fan in line was able to meet him. He didn't rush through anyone. Um, you know, if a mom came in with two kids, he, you know, he would just charge, you know, just the mom would get charged for meet and greet and the kids could still meet him. And just a really generous, just a really great guy. And when we were planning this year's event with it being the 40th anniversary of the filming, we thought there was really no one better to have than him and, and bring him back again. Now, last July, we did have Steve Dash and Robbie Morgan, and they were fantastic. Um, and I think fans appreciated the offerings that we had with Steve. You know, it was funny because when, when I did the same thing with Steve as I did with Ari, I just messaged him on Facebook and he messaged me right back and then he called me and we were talking about his appearance and I said, you know, I don't know how to, we, we don't know how to word it. And, you know, with Ari, it was come meet the first Jason in Blairstown. It was the first time he had been here since he had filmed it. And we're not quite sure of the wording we should use for you. And he's like, why don't you just say, come meet Steve Dash, he may be dead tomorrow. And so we were actually toying with that idea of using that because he found humor in it. And we thought, well, maybe we'll go with it. And we decided not to. Um, and we just thought, well, you know, come meet like the first adult Jason Voorhees. But he was, you know, he's another one that was terrific. Um, we had learned from April that fans were coming into town on Thursday. And they were meandering around. They really didn't have anything to do because everything is so Friday focused. And so with Steve, we were like, do you mind coming in a day earlier and just doing something for just a small group of fans? We'll just do something special on that Thursday night. And he was like, yeah, whatever you want. So we did Dine and Dash with Steve Dash. It was dinner and a Q&A and movie. It was very intimate, about 50 people. Um, we oversold that too. It actually ended up being 52. Um, we had two people walk in like during dinner and wanted to be part of it. And um, he was phenomenal. That was a little over a seven hour event. It went uh, past midnight. Um, he was just tremendous with, with the fans. He enjoyed every bit of the storytelling of how he landed the role. And, and you know, during the, the screening of the movie, we had to pause several times because, you know, he wanted to say what was going on. I think fans just really, really enjoyed that. It was just so intimate, so great. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know, just really sad for us that he passed away and he passed away the way he did. Um, he's just, just such a great guy. But, you know, for Ari, we wanted to do the same thing this year. And so we thought, let's do a Jason Fest and have him come out with his band and sort of do the same thing we did with Steve. Um, you know, small, intimate, uh, seven hours, all you can, you know, eat and drink and, and party and giveaways and see the movie and Q&A. And what we thought was going to be this small engagement, and it's still going to stay relatively small because that's always been the intent of the Thursday evening gatherings. We never wanted 2,000 people there. So when we say like seats are limited, seats are really limited. There's no adding them after the fact. Um, we weren't looking to do a convention type thing on a Thursday night. It was always supposed to be small and intimate with the actor where he really just got to break bread with them and just talk. I mean, Steve just, he talked about his kids and he talked about, you know, ex-wife and 
you know, when he was a police officer, it was just really intimate. It was like sitting with an old friend. And we wanted to give Ari that opportunity to do that as well. But it has now cascaded. And so while it will still be intimate in terms of, you know, a ticket number, um, what the fans are getting this year is so much more than what we were able to offer to them last year. And I mean, for me, the highlight is the, the live Q&A feed that we're going to do with Victor Miller. I was just really, really excited when we went back and forth with Victor on this and he agreed to do it and he agreed to do it for free. Um, and he's also been someone who's just been very generous towards, towards the museum. Um, so we're excited that fans have an opportunity to, to hear from him and that they'll be able to ask him questions. Well, I, I've talked to Ari and um, I know last year <clears throat> I was with him shortly before he left to come out to the museum. And I said, Hey, Ari, I said, bring me back a souvenir. I said, obviously, I know you're traveling. It can't be something large or, you know, uh, p- pictures get wrinkled, shit like that. So mm-hmm. I said, just find something and, and bring me back some sort of souvenir. And he said, you got it. And then I seen him about, uh, I think it was two weeks after he came back, if I remember correctly. And uh, as I'm walking up, I, he's smiling and uh, he's holding, he's holding something up. And, uh, and as I get closer, I can't really see what it is. And then he tosses it to me and it was, and I, and I think you still sell them there. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was the machete keychain. And yeah, uh, yeah, a little, a little flexible machete keychain. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Hey, that's perfect, brother. You know, I key ring. I mean, you carry it around with you all the time. Like, uh, great idea. And he said, "Yeah." He said there was some other stuff there, but he said, "You know, everybody, everybody needs an extra keychain." So it was, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. And he was really great when he, when he touched down. Um, you know, he came straight here. I, I'm not even sure he stopped at the hotel. To be honest, he may have checked in real. I think he checked in real quick, but then quickly made his way back to Blairstown. Um, and when he got here, he didn't want to just get into the museum and, and start the, the meet and greet. He wanted to meet the people, um, like the local people. And he, I was, we took him from place to place and he met every business owner and he shopped a bit and people wanted to give him stuff for free, but he, you know, he wouldn't take it. Um, but he was just so great. And he literally met every business owner along main street and he, he went to our vendors. We had some uh, local artists, you know, with their own, you know, merchandise kind of franchise themed or movie, you know, movie themes merchandise that they had. And he was buying stuff from them and interacting with them and taking photos with them. And, um, and that's what I mean. just about being just so generous with his time because he could have said, get me to the table. You know, I want to make my 30 or 40 bucks or whatever. And, and he did it. And he just, he wanted to meet the people first and shake hands and thanks for having me in your town. And, he was such a pleasure to have. And I was just, I just spoke with him yesterday. We had a phone conversation and talking about next week and just going through some logistics. And, you know, I think he's someone that we're just going to have all the time. We may do different things with him to give fans different opportunities. Um, but I think every time Friday 13th rolls around, fans are most likely going to see him here. He loves being here. He does very well here. Um, you know, and, and for him, you know, in terms of making money, but he loves being here. It's not even the point of the money with him. He just likes being here and he's generous in his donations to the museum and he, you know, keeps us alive and he's just great. And he's, he's so easy for us to work with. And I think that's something that fans can look forward to is that if there's a Friday 13th on the calendar, you know, barring bad weather, um, you're most likely going to see Ari Lehman here. Good deal. He, um, 
I will say that he did tell me that he had a great time there. He said that he did get a chance to walk around. He didn't go into detail like you just did, but he said, yeah, I went up and down main street and I talked to, you know, everybody in town. And he said, I, I just really enjoyed myself. He said, everybody was, you know, just cordial and polite. And he said, uh, he just really had a good time. And he did mention that he hadn't been back since uh, the filming, which I didn't think that he had. And I knew that he was really looking forward to it. And it was just nice to hear that he did have such a good time. But I will say with Ari, is I've been to a ton of conventions with Ari. I've been to a ton of first Jason shows um, as, as his bands, Jason all over the country for that matter. And Ari is always great with the fans everywhere. He, he takes pictures, signs autographs, and he will wait. Just like you said, he will wait until the last one uh, walks out. Like he's that dedicated with the fans and, um, you know, you, you got, you can't please everyone. And, and, and not everyone might be a fan. I mean, you, you know, you see stuff on social media or whatever, but I've seen it in person. And I know that if you bring him just like you saw, you're going to get every ounce of him while he's there. Yeah. And he's easy to work with. And, you know, I'm not saying that the, the other actors that we have or that we are having aren't easy to work with. They've all been great. He's just been the easiest for us. Um, very accommodating, very understanding of our low budget, understanding that this is a fundraiser for us always making sure the museum gets a chair, you know, at, at the end of the day, when it's payout time, you know, sometimes, you know, like last year, you know, suggested, you know, when I said, well, this is a museum's cut, it was like, well, you know, do you need more? You know, like no one ever says that. No one says that. What convention, where do you go where you have an actor and you tell him this is what you made today and this is your money. And he's like, well, do you need some of it? Like, are you guys going to be okay? Did you do well today? He's just generally concerned about our organization um, even when it comes to travel, you know, just or lodging accommodations, it's always, you know, whatever's good for you guys. You know, I'm happy just to be there. I'm happy that, you know, I get to be your guest. Um, we don't get that with all of them. I have to be honest. They're all great, um, but we don't get that that easy of, you know, accommodation and giving and, and really understanding what the museum's about. They get it once they're here. The lead-up, they don't. A lot of them don't get it on the lead-up. They don't understand you know, volunteers out of pocket, a lot of this stuff just to make it happen for the betterment of the community, for the fans to be able to enjoy it. You know, um, he gets it. And so I think that's, you know, what makes it so great having him here and just seeing his generosity with the fans. I mean, it blows, it blows me away. Yeah. He's always, he's a fan favorite. I mean, like I said, at, at conventions, he's always got a line at the table. He's always a good one. Like I said, if you can make him a staple of Friday the 13th, I mean, I'm sure he'd be, he'd love to do that. And the fans would love it too. Um, you know, speaking of, the, of Jason Fest, obviously there are other Jason actors and there are a lot of things coming up this Friday the 13th and the fan film world and all that good stuff. And Kent and I, we've been talking with some of the guys from the fan films too. And, uh, with Jason Fest, um, I'll let you explain kind of the big picture of that. I mean, obviously, on your uh, Blairstown Museum Facebook page, you've got the flyers. On Instagram, there's the flyers that kind of explain what the different tiers are and kind of obviously who's going to be there, CJ, Tom McLaughlin, uh, like you said, Bugsy. Um, but, yeah, just go ahead, go ahead and give kind of the rundown of, of what the entire fest would entail. Yeah, so, so again, with Jason Fest being on Thursday evening, it was, you know, it, let's get, you know, about 50 fans, same thing like we did with Steve, and just give them a really once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's different when you're just, when you're, you know, meeting and greeting them at a convention, and you get three, four, or five minutes, whatever it is that you get with them, 
it's a lot different when you're sitting with them in a relaxed atmosphere, you're breaking bread, you're having a drink with them. Um, I don't know, you just kind of build a different kind of rapport with a person over a dinner table. And so that was the whole point of doing this. So with Jason Fest on Thursday, September 12th, this is going to be in an outdoor setting. It will be tented in the event of rain, but so far weather looks phenomenal for that entire weekend. Um, but it's a tented event. It's an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet dinner. And then the food will just come, you know, pouring out all night long. It's about a seven-hour event. Starts at 5 p.m. ends at midnight. It includes two alcoholic drinks. Um, we'll have a private bar on site for additional alcoholic uh, beverage purchases. They're all at very reasonable prices. Hunter's Lodge is not gouging anyone on this. Um, lengthy meet and greet with Ari Lehman. You got a collectible autograph uh, with him, which is what we did last year. We had a special photo done with Steve Dash that was given away to everyone who came, and he signed that for them. And, you know, I mean, terrible that he died, but what a, what a great treasure to have um, because that event is just never going to happen again um, with him. So, you know, you never know what the future holds, and it's nice to be able to have this really collectible and, and unique autograph photo with him. You do get, uh, I mean, autograph with him. We are having an exclusive, you know, authentic rum and canoe photo op um, with Ari where you can get in the boat and he can grab you or he can sit in the boat and you can grab him if you want to do that. Uh, intimate Q&A session with Ari Lehman. We're going to have Victor Miller, a screenwriter, you know, of the original film uh, on a live feed. Of course, we're going to have special guests, DJ Graham and Jason Brooks from Vengeance and, and from part six. So really need to be able to break bread with those guys as well. There was a Friday 13th movie screening. We're going to have a local band called Push kind of do an opening for the classic rock concert. We're going to close out with Jason, first Jason, uh, which is Ari's band. So they're going to, they're getting a, a Camp Blood gift bag and there's going to be random prizes throughout the evening. We have, you know, Camp Crystal Lake backpacks and Jason Voorhees lunch boxes that he's signing. Um, so those will be given out randomly to people. Uh, we have seven vendors in what we're calling Machete Mall. They're all local people, all locally sourced items, very well-priced, reasonable. We made sure we bought in no-price gougers. Um, this was a, really a juried event in, in terms of where we wanted to look at what the vendors were bringing and, and wanted to make sure they were really hand-making these items. And so we're just happy that they're, they're going to be part of it. There's a roaring campfire and snacks. And at midnight, you get this whole countdown. We're going to do a counting from 13. Uh, back to one, we're going to do like a new scare countdown with an illuminated Jason mask, uh, kind of replicate New Year's Eve in, in Manhattan. So it's turned out to be so, so much more than what we did with Steve, you know, with Steve last year. I think the fans that attend this uh, are going to be really, really happy. We're limited, though, on tickets that are remaining, which I'm really happy to say. Um, the online sales are going to close out. Uh, on tomorrow, we did have some people ask us to wait till Saturday, I guess because of payday or whatever. So it might just extend this for one more day uh, to the 7th. But after that, it'll be closed. There's no tickets available at the door. Um, and it's just so we, we need to make sure how much alcohol to have there, how much food, you know, how many tables and chairs and tents to rent and whatnot. Um, and so it's not something where you can just walk up to. So if you're interested in Jason Fest, um, we have three surprise guests coming. We always do a surprise guest. Um, this year, we have three of them coming to Jason Fest. Uh, last year, during the Steve Dash dinner, for the people who were there, I think they'll remember Steve was in the middle of a, a dialogue and talking about how he got the role. And everyone was so focused on him 
and eating and drinking and having a good time, they were really surprised to see Robbie Morgan walk in in her outfit with the backpack um, that's on display at the museum, by the way, and have her walk in and ask for directions to Camp Crystal Lake. I mean, they just they just went crazy. And so, you know, kind of following that trend, uh, we're going to have some surprise guests, surprise guests as well. And there's three of them so far. If anyone is listening and wants to be the fourth, you're more than welcome to be. Uh, but so far, we have three surprise guests. Well, if, if one of them is Tom Morga, you need to tell us right now, because we kind of have a thing for Tom Morga right now. I'm just saying. It's not. I will tell you that much. It's not. <laughs> right, right. So just to clarify, though, <clears throat> the, the meat and potatoes of the fest is basically Thursday and Friday. That's that's the main two days. From what I gather on Saturday, there's going to be some movie movie screenings, but the main portion mm-hmm. looks like Thursday and Friday night. Would that be correct? Right. It's Thursday night at Jason Fest, and then Friday is phenomenal on Main Street. For the fans who've been here, they know what it's like. For the fans who haven't been here, you have no idea what you're missing. I mean, the town easily doubles in size. The businesses are open. Music is pumping. Um, you know, drinks are flowing. It's such a family-friendly place as well at the same time, which I really like. So you get a lot of these, you know, you get the grandpa bringing his son and the son bringing his kids and just kind of sharing their love of the franchise with the next generation. And that's nice to see. So if you have a family, bring the kids out. They're always welcome. There's no admission to be on main street and to enjoy all of this. Um, And we have some great opportunities on Friday. um, Thanks to the vengeance crew and, and CJ, you get to see the premiere of vengeance, which from the little that I've been able to see looks like a very well uh, produced film I'm excited to see it, you know, complete myself. So I will be in attendance as well. But what they have put together for fans, I mean, they just keep adding things. I keep going, are you sure? Like, because we're not going to increase the ticket price. It is what it is. This is what we've been advertising for a month and a half now. But every other day, they're just coming up with a new thing that they want to throw in there and give to fans. And so... It, at this point, and it may grow even more from, from now, I don't know, but we have the Jason Rising trailer. If you're attending the Vengeance premiere, which is 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. on um, Friday, you know, September 13th, Friday 13th, you're going to see the Jason, Jason Rising trailer. We have new Voorhees exclusive footage. Uh, this is very raw footage of the film, which has been generously donated to us by Cody. Um, and then a Never Hike Alone four-minute teaser for their upcoming installment, which in speaking with Vincente just sounds phenomenal. And I'm, I know when I get the CD in, in a day, I'm going wa- to have to watch it before everyone else does because I'm just excited to see it just based on my conversation with him. I think fans will really, really enjoy seeing that. Well, what I, can, I can tell you, though, and I won't spoil it, but I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've seen it okay. and Ken's seen it. And... They did a great job what do you with think? it. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah I, 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 that's all I'll say uh, is I, okay. I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. it. It's worth going for that alone. Honestly, it's it's so good. Just from what he has described to me over the phone, it it made me excited to see it. And I I'm not easily you know excited when it comes to movies to any movie regardless of genre. I'm just like eh, I can you know take it or leave it kind of thing, but. He made me excited when he was describing some of the things. So I think, like you said, that alone is reason to go. And then, of course, you get the Vengeance movie screening, 
but it's not just sitting in a theater and watching the movie. You're watching the movie with the cast and crew in attendance. Um, and on top of that, the audience reaction is going to be filmed. Uh, we have different cameras that we're going to be angling within the theater to get the audience reaction. And so by being part of the screening, you're becoming part of that special DVD release that they're going to do in the future uh, where they'll have these kind of behind-the-scenes things and uh, footage from the first screening here in Blairstown. And then you get to meet, you know, full meet and greet with C.J. Graham, which is a fan favorite as well. You get your personally autographed item by C.J. and your cell phone photo opportunity with him. You get the same thing with Jason Brooks. You get the same thing with Bugsy Wilson. If anyone plays a Friday 13th game, you know, you know Brandon. Um, and, of course, you get to meet Part 6 director Tom McLaughlin, who I have to say is equally as easy as Ari to work with. I'm, I enjoy all my conversations with Tom. I'm really looking forward to meeting him. Um, not as a fan, just just as a human being. I just he just has been phenomenal to to speak with. And of course, portion of the ticket is going to be donated to Royce Hall. Royce Hall is the the theater here in Blairstown. Um, they're an all you know they're a nonprofit all volunteer theater. They do tremendous things in this town as well. So. It's nice to know a little bit is going back to the theater to help them with the renovations. Um, and there's, then there's the, you know, Vengeance Production Pop giveaways. Uh, for the fans who know Peter Anthony, he's giving out some several like random free prizes from his personal collection. Um, you get to be part of that DVD release. You get a mission to the Friday 13th Museum. I think they may be throwing a few more things into that. So when fans see the ticket price, they see that 135 take the time to read through that whole ticket price. The Eventbrite page is really detailed on what you're getting. Um, I think they'll see that it's, it's extremely worth it. If they're just interested in seeing the movie, they can do that for $35. And it's, you know, donation to the museum and donation of Roy's Hall so we can continue our good work in the community. Um, and they'll get a vengeance poster. So it's definitely worth the value even at the $35 level. We anticipate that both screenings will sell out um, I'm going to gather the 8 p.m. is probably going to sell out before the 12th. Um, but I think fans that come here day of, if they're thinking they're going to wait till day of to get a ticket, I'm not sure that's going to work for them because it might actually sell out before then. Uh, we're really close. So I encourage anyone who does want to attend that and experience that, that, you know, they go to f13vengeance.eventbrite.com and pick up their tickets as soon as they can. We're closing out sales midnight of next Wednesday, which is the 11th. I wouldn't even wait that long. Um, it's probably something you want to do in the next, you know, 48 or 72 hours of hearing this. I think that's really pushing it at that point. Um, fans are excited. It has a, Vengeance has a great following, and CJ is always a pleasure to meet. So I, I, And then adding in Tom McLaughlin there, I think this is an incredible opportunity for fans. And to be able to have this and to meet them and interact with them in this way on Main Street, where the franchise began. I mean, it really is a once in a lifetime experience. Absolutely. And Kent and I are going to weigh in a couple things here, just, just for those that I've seen on social media talking about the ticket prices and that things are high priced and so on and so forth. And everything that Jeanette just said that people have to take into consideration and Ken, I'll get your thoughts in just a moment, but conventions, we have, uh, Horror Hound weekend. We have uh, there's uh, Monster Mania. There's there's lots of conventions coming up, and those all cost a shit ton of money. And conventions are doing nothing but getting more expensive 
by the year. So whether that's admission prices, autograph prices, photo op prices are getting just just goddamn ridiculous um, to stand there for one second and take a picture. So when I seen your prices, I was not, um, I guess, offended, if you want to use that word, like some people seem to be over the ticket price. And I just shake my head when I see their stupid ass comments. And it's like, okay, they apparently don't know what it would cost just to go get a couple things signed by, say, uh, CJ uh, and Tom and Ari, and not to mention what a beer costs at a convention or right. the photo ops, et cetera, et cetera. And I go to a lot of conventions. Kent uh, has his own business. He attends conventions. He's a, he's um, He has products that he sells too, so he knows how it works. So what I will say is I personally, and I'm not going to speak for Kent. I'll let him I'll let him give his his piece here in just a minute, but I think your prices are great. I think for what you're getting and where it's at, like you said, the location, the more intimate experience where it's not going to be a two second selfie with your cell phone. And then you're going to never, that's going to be the end of it. No, you might be having a beer with CJ later on in the night. You might have a beer with Ari. You might be sitting next to him. You know what? There's going to be other interactions with all of these guys throughout the entire event so it's much much different than a convention and i have no issue with the price matter of fact i'm kind of surprised that it's not more than what it is but uh your thoughts on that kent well you know i'm sitting here looking at everything that gets involved that gets provided with with the ultimate vip which is only 175 bucks and just something that jumps like you said we're both convention veterans we i've been doing conventions for years and years and years and you have as well and just, I'm going to say one thing here and, and let this kind of let people think about this. Just one thing off this huge list of, of things that you get to do and, and you get to be a part of. You get an exclusive uh, canoe photo op with uh, Ari Lehman. That alone, if you if you go conventions go to conventions regularly, you know that these these photo ops like this now at conventions are sometimes running up, up around the price tag of about a hundred bucks or more just, just for the, or more just for that photo. Uh, and, and then you throw in the fact that you're also getting an autograph with Ari, what, which is what I'm assuming will be an eight by 10. I, I don't know. It, it's not, specified it's, actually, here. It, it's, it's a little larger than an eight by 10. So it's even bigger than an eight by 10. Mm-hmm. So right there, um, I've seen Ari's autographs and photos, range in price, but let's say 30 bucks at a convention. So right there is 130 bucks. That's not counting the fact that you've got the, you've got all this other stuff. You're getting a gift bag. You're getting to see first Jason. You're getting to see a screening. You're getting food. You're getting the alcohol. Like there, and I'm not even touching the iceberg with everything that gets, that gets, you know, included with this $175. And that's for the ultimate VIP is, is more than fair. If you start adding all this up, you get you got CJ Graham. What more do you want? This is like the the Friday the Thirteenth fans' dream right here, and it's and it's it's more than fair, especially and you would know that especially if if you attend conventions regularly. Anybody, I would imagine that anybody that that thinks that it's not fair has, has never been to a convention before because this is this is an an awesome deal. And if I wasn't laid up right now because I was badly injured at work and I almost had my leg chopped off at work. Um, I would be going. I would jump all over this if I was mobile. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a blast. 
I think that if you're a real Friday the 13th fan, you don't want to miss out on this because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, people like Thank to talk shit on the internet. You know that. They're, they're going to talk shit. Even if the price was, I mean, if, if it was too good to be true. Free, people would talk if, shit. If it, yeah, if it was free, people would talk shit. So kudos to you, Jeanette. I, I, I think your price is, is more than fair. You know, the, the one thing we always say at the museum is, and, and what's so great about it is being volunteers, we have no overhead in terms of like having to pay wages or, you know, providing health benefits or or anything like that. So the, the everything that comes to the museum in terms of our share of the ticket price goes to the museum. And in terms of all the Friday the 13th events, anything that's our share of, of these tickets will all go to the Friday the 13th Museum. It's completely separate from the History Museum. So, you know, the fans that have done this before with us, they, they know. Uh, they know how we operate. Um, they know the value that they get. The people who came out to Steve Dash last year I spent 150 bucks to break bread with Steve and hang out with him. Again, very intimate setting, 50 people over a span of seven hours. Everyone got so many. It's not one cell phone photo. You're taking photos with him constantly. You're videotaping him while he's talking. You know, it's, it's a very different um, atmosphere than a convention. Um, it's not a, that, you know, three, four, five minute meet and greet. This is seven hours where you're hanging out and talking and shooting the breeze and talking about life and getting to know him on a very human, you know, human being level is very, very different, very intimate. When our committee sits around the table, you know, and, and we talk about what do we want to do this year? And first thing we talk about is price. It's always the price point. You know, nothing's ever going to be over, you know, 100, 175 was pushing it for us. We just, we felt uncomfortable with it. Um, but when you start adding up the cost of these tents and these tables, and it's a couple thousand dollars just in rental equipment and a stage and lighting, this is out in the middle of nowhere. This is Hunter's Lodges, um, just over the border of Blairstown, um, huge outdoor kind of feel, very rustic setting, kind of felt very campy to us. And that's why we wanted to have it there. Doreen, the proprietor, very accommodating with all of this and has a liquor license that extends her whole property. There's no nickel and diming of the fans while they're there. It's not like they're going to have to pay for parking or, or anything like that. I mean, we try to, we try to give fans the best value. We have um, members on our committee that are diehard Friday 13 fans that travel the country to go to conventions. So they're always coming back with price points. They're always sharing their experience of what they felt was a good deal out there and what wasn't and what they think would work here. Um, so we start with a dollar amount. And then it's like, what, we work backwards. I know most people would, would work it the other way and come out, no, we're like, okay, if it's 175, what is the biggest bang for their buck for 175 that we can give them? You know, we went back and forth with Doreen on the food. Like we didn't want to just give them hot dogs. You know, there's the kebabs are, they're very generously portioned kebabs. And this is food you can eat all night long. Um, you know, if you're a vegetarian, you're a vegan, we can make accommodations for you. Really try to be very considerate at the museum on what we're offering fans. Never, ever want to make anyone feel like that they're being taken advantage of. Um, even with our vendors, the one inside our souvenir shop, it's always, we call it juried vendoring, where we want photos of your items. We want to talk to you about your items. We want to see the price point of your items. You're, you're not selling your wares here if your intent is, you know, to, to sell a mug with a, a hockey mask sticker on it and you think, you know, you're going to sell it for 35 bucks, you're out of your mind. 
not something we're accepting. Um, it's not acceptable to us for fans to be price gouged. I'm not saying other people do, but we've heard feedback from fans that they have had that experience um, at different places or different conventions, and we never wanted anyone to feel that way about us. And so the fact that you're seeing two bands and breaking bread with three Jason Voorhees actors, and this is an authentic Grumman canoe from from a lake, you know, from a local lake here in Blairstown. Um, it's just for anyone to think that it's not well priced. They obviously have not been out there, and they haven't seen what's out there. It's an incredible value. And where else do you get to have a live video back and forth chat with Victor Miller, you know, and and ask him anything that you want about you know, about the, the the screenwriting or or what was his original intent for Jason or, you know, what's his you have future, you know, outlook for the franchise or, you know, when do you get that? You don't you don't really get that opportunity and we're giving it to you. Um and you're getting it all at a really, really, really reasonable price in our opinion. Um I did there are not many tickets of this left. Like I said, this is gonna was intended to close out tomorrow the six. I think we're going to push it till the seven just because a few people had said we want to come or we're just waiting for payday or we're waiting for payments to clear for us. Um, I, did, I do anticipate this being sold out. Um, for fans who just don't want to come, they don't think it's worth it, it's really a terrible loss for them. I don't know what other convention setting or where else they can go and experience all of this. Nowhere. You know, for seven hours. Nowhere. Nowhere. And we've looked. Absolutely we've not. looked. And no, anybody the, that, that's that's been con, been to conventions knows that the interactions that you have with celebrity guests at conventions are is very it's very non personal it's very formal it's usually uncomfortable and this is for every every convention no matter and I'm you know I also have a, a pretty heavy affiliation with Whorehound and I love Whorehound but just with the masses with with the numbers of people there no matter what they do you can't make it that personal. You just can't. It's a numbers game. You got to get people through. There's lines. It's not the way this is going to be. And and on top of all of that, this is happening at, at a place where the original Friday the Thirteenth filming locations. It's it's mm-hmm. this is this is nothing that they can experience at a convention because it's not a convention. This isn't this isn't any like anything that they've they've been to before. No, they, and it's, uh, that's absolutely right. And when we speak with the actors, um, the first thing you know when we start you know negotiating the price on, on what they want to come out or what their guarantee is or buy out or whatever. Um, the first thing we tell them is this isn't a convention. You know, if you're expecting for us to be able to pay you convention prices, you're not. Um, and I always tell them like for the museum, if we walk away with 10 or $15, 20 max, you know, on a big ticket item like this, a big event item, that's huge for us. Um, no one's in it to get rich. You know, if we can pay the liability insurance, keep the heat on and the lights on, we're happy. We're happy campers. So we really try to drive that home with them. Um, a lot of times they give us a number of what they want, you know, per person. And and it, we basically say, well, that's not going to happen. Well, that's what I get at a convention. Well, that's not what you're getting in Blairstown. That's not something we want to be associated with, you know. It, no fault on you. Hey, that's what you can get out there. Um, but here's just a different ball game. Like it's a, I, it's a small town. We want to keep it small town. We want to keep it friendly. We want people to feel like they're not being price gouged. They're getting the biggest bang for their buck. Um, and yeah, where else do you go in a convention, you know, where you're going to end up maybe, we had people last year that were like getting, you know, drinks for Ari. He would take a break, 
we'd walk him across the street to the pub and he'd hang out at the pub. And Joyce was very accommodating with, you know, he's a, a vegan or vegetarian and so very accommodating and making food, you know, special for him. And whereas you get to sit at a bar, packs of people would already lean and watch TV, you know, while he's eating. These are the types of experiences you get just with a basic $40 meet and greet that we hold. So I, I thank you so much for saying what you said, um, because it, that's always been our mission is to make, to make this affordable. Um, even his, on Friday, in addition to Vengeance, we're going to have Ari at the museum doing his own separate meet and greet. Meet and greets are very different at the museum than you get at a convention. Um, it, it's not a quick in and out. Um, you can spend anywhere from 10, 15, or 20 minutes with him. Um, we time it at about 20 ticket holders an hour. Um, some go quick right through. You know, they've seen them before. Maybe they just have another item they want him to sign, and they're in and out for 30 seconds. Some people stay for 15, you know, 15 minutes. Um, and we just try to accommodate all of them. We don't want anyone to ever feel rushed. So even on a $40 meet and greet, um, you're still getting an enormous value here at the museum seeing him than you would anywhere else, in my opinion. Yeah, there's, there's also, no doubt. There's also something very intriguing about having these interactions with these people in a small town uh, environment. I, I like that. I, I like the idea of that. Like I said, if I wasn't badly injured, uh, I, I would I would come out myself. But um, there's something about getting to experience all of this without the hustle and bustle of, of fucking cars and, and mm -hmm. buses and skyscrapers and lights and noise and all that. There's something really intriguing for me personally. And it could be the small town country boy in me that really likes this idea, but just getting, getting to experience all this in a cozy little kind of smaller town, uh, intimate setting that, that just sounds like a lot of fun and a real relaxing, fun, enjoyable weekend to me. It is, it, and it starts, you know, it can start in Blairstown on Friday the 13th as early as 6 or 7 in the morning. It continues well past midnight. Uh, by well past midnight, I mean 3 or 4 in the morning. Last year when Ari was here, we were on Main Street with him until about 3.30. That's when he finally retired, and, and I drove him back to the hotel. But, you know, it's there's no other place where you get that, and I don't know of a convention. I could be totally wrong on this, so please correct me if I am where when you, you know, you come in and you buy a ticket, you're suddenly, you know, your phone can ring 20 minutes or even two hours later, and you're told that you, you won some, you know, random prize, you run, you won something signed by him, or you, you know, maybe you won a keychain, or maybe you won a book, you know, a Friday 13th book, or um, I don't know of any place that does that. So, you know, that $40 to meet him, you're, you're also entered into this thing, and we have a percentage, it's usually about half. You have like a one in two shot of, of getting something for free for buying the ticket. In addition to meeting him and hanging out with him, um, it's, we really try to give fans a lot. And I think for the fans that come here all the time, they know it, they see it, they love it. It's why they keep returning. I think this is why this keeps growing. And so, I, you know, again, I'm just very thankful that you pointed all of that out. Yeah, well, sometimes when we say like we've got our haters too, <clears throat> and we've got a great following, but sometimes people just kind of need to hear it from, you know, someone else. That's because, uh, like I said, we're not we're not uh, advertising. You know, we're not we're not being paid. You know, for this, this is nothing that you're paying us to say. This is our honest opinion of, hey, it's a great value because, like I said, I'm getting kind of pissed off at the convention bullshit 
because it's just getting ridiculous, whether it even affects me or not. But just to see the money that's being thrown around, I think is just, is just getting out of hand. So mm-hmm. for whatever, for what you have going on, I think it's a great value. Um, but what I, what I do want you to touch on a little bit, like we talked about earlier is the Blairstown museum is not just like a side project. This is, this is Jean- Jeanette is there beyond full-time hours. Um, it is more than a full-time job and there is much more than just, uh, the pictures that she posts on Facebook. So I thought maybe you could touch on that a little bit before we wrap this up. Thanks. Thank, thank you for, for giving my, me that time to discuss that. The museum for me has become a full-time job, um, even more than a full-time job. I mean, there's weeks where I'm doing 80 hours in the office. Um, my husband's very accommodating with this. This started as a passion and love for history of the town, seeing the elders dying, wanting to share their story. Uh, when the right aid is there, we want you to know what was there before the right aid. When you're driving down Mott Road, we want you to know about that family. You know, when you're flying into the Blairstown Airport, we want to talk about what was going on back there and how, because we do have this very small, you know, uh, airport with Cessnas and whatnot here in town, um, private jets and whatnot. And we want you to know what was there. We want you to know that, you know, Rocco Bonino, who uh, immigrated here from Italy in the early 1920s, ended up, you know, opening up this huge like luxury resort here in Blairstown, which unfortunately no longer exists. But Rocco was a hard worker. He became president of the National Liquor Association. He went on to become president of Pabst Brewing Company. Um, he just had an incredible life, very similar to John Inslee Blair is our town founder. And we wanted to share that with people. So it's not like even when you walk into the history museum, you're not just looking at old dusty artifacts. They're you know, we have John Blair's top hat and everything's just so meticulously cared for um, and very well preserved. And we spent an enormous amount of money. I think last year was about $11,000 just buying the product we needed to preserve these dresses, um, to preserve these hats, to preserve these really fragile paper documents. And so they exist as long as they can, you know, in their natural state. Um, And we care for our Friday the 13th items the same way, you know, the diner letters, you know, we had a big discussion on the diner letters. Do we completely restore them? Do we bring them back to how they were in the movie? And it was like, no, you know, they had sat on that roof for 30 years. You know, they had all, you know, they're weatherized. They're a bit rusted. The bulbs are blown out. And that's how we wanted to preserve it. So we maintain them exactly how we receive them. I think fans appreciate coming in and seeing that, um, you know, the backpack, you know, the army backpack. these items are just very, very carefully and very gingerly taken care of. Um, So for me, this had to become a full-time job. I had to take lessons with the, you know, uh, American Association of Museums, and I had to get certified in working with these items and learning how to handle them. So I'm not ripping and tearing. You know, you don't realize when you have an old artifact in front of you and you're just touching with your fingertips and you're thinking you're doing no harm, you're leaving you know, oil and grease and the slightest little fibers that you may have had on your hand are now on that product. And it's just going to, it's going to help that item just, you know, rapidly deteriorate quicker than it would have normally. And so it's so much education involved in preserving an item. And I was kind of forced to leave my job. The museum has over 5,000 artifacts at this point. Um, And it's just, you know, and people go, well, how do you, you know, how do you get your money? I, I own substantial property in Blairstown. Um, actually, seven of the buildings in the historic district 
are owned by my husband and I. We've been revitalizing them with our own money. You know, none of the museum money goes towards our buildings. It's a completely different company. Um, but we wanted to preserve these buildings, and we thought we had to put our money where, where our mouth was. We couldn't just rely on donors. Um, we really had to show people that Blairstown was worth saving. It was worth saving with your own money. And so we started off with the one building, and it just kind of kept cascading. And today we have seven. Um, I have a beautiful home. My husband's very successful in the medical industry, which does it does help me a lot in in doing what I do. Um, but again, wanting to show people a historic district was worth saving. Um, my house is up for sale. I bought a house in a historic district. I bought an old, beaten down, you know, almost foreclosed upon kind of abandoned building. Um, where, where we're restoring and bringing back to life just how it was in 1860 when it was first built, just to show people it's possible. We do all the work ourselves. You know, we're, we're gutting and taking down the, the, the lath and the plywood. So, you know, when people are wondering where you're getting, you know, your money from, it's because I'm a landlord. And our buildings, once they're, re, you know, restored, they're beautiful. Um, kind of we bring them back to where they were in the beginning. And the rentals are extremely affordable for New Jersey because, the whole mentality that we have of not price gouging, it starts with us personally. So we don't price gouge. Um, I know for people who live outside of Jersey, $800 a month for a one bedroom, people are like, oh my God, it's a lot, but it includes all your utilities. It's probably half of what a one bedroom is in New Jersey um, at $800. So we try to be really reasonable with that. And it, we've applied that to the museum, you know, going back to the ticket prices where we try to be very reasonable, but museum volunteers have been great. We're over 50. They're so passionate. Um, they're invested, you know, themselves. They're they're humping equipment. They're learning how to how to clean artifacts. They're putting on fantastic ev events for the town. Um, we're stocking, you know, food pantry shelves. We're getting to know the people in our town that, you know, are are either the working poor or unemployed, and they need help, and, and we're getting them the help they need. And a lot of that goes through the museum. Um, museum has just become such a force in this town. I go back to what CJ said about us being a B12 shot uh, in the arm of Blairstown. So when a fan's coming here and you're seeing the ticket price is $40 or you know $135 or $175, that portion that goes to museum, whether it's five, ten, or twenty dollars, and we really never try to go over the $20 mark um, on a, and that's on a huge ticket event uh, like Jason Fest, but it all goes back to the museum and we do so much good in the community on top of preserving the 5,000 items. So this, you know, was never a hobby to begin with. I, I'm not a millionaire. It's not like I could, you know, bankroll this indefinitely, but I wanted to leave a mark, you know, just kind of dawned on me at 39 years old that, you know, I had, if I lived to 80, I've lived half of my life already. And I'll be honest, I've done crap at that point at 39. I had done crap. You know, if Jeanette would have died, you know, uh, five years ago, it would have been like, well, what did she do? Nothing. Who'd she help? Nothing. No one. You know, and I wanted to leave a mark. And so I thought, I'm going to open up this museum. I'm going to set it up where it becomes financially independent of me because I'm not going to be here forever. Um, and I wanted to become a sustainable force in the community. I wanted to be all volunteer-based. I made sure the bylaw stated that. That cannot be overturned. That's how we are registered with the IRS, with the state. Um, it is indefinitely going to be all volunteer. There's no one coming in and pocketing any money on this. Um, it truly is a, a philanthropic thing. And I love seeing that the community has embraced it. 
And for any fan that's been here, if you were here five years ago and you come here today, you see a drastic change downtown. And it has so much to do with the Friday 13th fan base because every nickel you spend at the museum, even if you're buying a shot glass or something or a magnet or a keychain, it all goes back into this town through the museum, through the good work it does. Um, and that frees up my own personal money to then be able to fix up these other buildings and, and help people in town who maybe can't put food on the table. It's been an incredible experience. Um, people, some people don't get it. They don't get why anyone would work, you know, one hour a week, let alone 80 hours a week on a volunteer thing. But it's just how I wanted to spend the rest of the, the next half of my life. And I'm very fortunate I'm able to do it. And I'm more fortunate that I have 57 volunteers that are right alongside me doing it as well. I could could certainly not do this alone. Um, but I, I love it. It's been an incredible journey. We've received congressional recognition. And 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 we're not even political. Museum can't be political as, an, as a nonprofit. But we've just received so much praise on a local, county, state, federal level. I think people see the good work we're doing. If there's any naysayers out there, they're they're either jealous, sorry to say that, or they're just not getting it. They're just they're just not getting it, and that's okay. Not everyone's gonna get it, but we get it, uh, and we love doing it. Well, it, it sounds like you've had a hell of a ride the last few years, and we definitely wish you the best of luck moving forward. And we appreciate your time and your efforts, and all the volunteers and everybody who's involved, <clears throat> everybody's efforts in preserving such a, a historic and memorable location from such a an important part of uh the horror film genre in general uh friday the 13th a billion dollar industry and the first film set the tone for the rest of it and a lot of people appreciate what you're doing and and we really do wish you the best of luck and definitely would look forward to following up with you in the future and just kind of keeping in touch uh, and having you back on to kind of kind of stay up to par on what's going on in Blairstown. Um, but for anybody who maybe wants to make a donation or who wants to reach out and contact you or who maybe just has questions in general, uh, how can they reach you? Obviously, you have Blairstownmuseum.com for your website, but go ahead and um, just let the listeners know how, however they can get a hold of you if they wanted to. Sure. Um, they can always reach out to us through the website, Blairstownmuseum.com. You can email us at Blairstownmuseum at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Blairstown Museum, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I think combined we're probably nearing, I, I forgot the last count, maybe eleven or 12,000 people who follow us between those two. You can find us, uh, Blairstown 1839 um, is our, our name on, on both of those, and it's all linked on our website. We're very accessible. Um, I think fans that have contacted the museum will tell you I'm, I'm pretty quick to respond back. I know people are usually surprised. If they're sending a message at two in the morning, they don't expect me to get back to them two minutes later, but I do. I, there's times that I'm working on a preservation project and it keeps me up all night. Um, so I'm, I'm very accessible. The 57 volunteers are very accessible. So again, it's best contact is probably email, um, but you can certainly follow us on Facebook. We have a very active Facebook. Um, it's not all Friday the 13th based, like I said, because we do walking tours with seniors and you know, I, the museum now helps out with the local history curriculum at the third grade. So you're going to see some photos coming up in October, uh, some walking tours that we're doing th with the third graders in town. Um, so you'll get a really good idea of what we're all about and, and the complete context of what we do by following us on Facebook at Blairstown Museum. I just want to throw one more 
thing in there real quick uh, for the people who might be lingering in their minds that, you know, I have a couple of these buildings and the museums are all operating in them. Museums operate in them rent-free, rent-free. Um, it's a $1 annual lease. So I, I don't want anyone thinking that we're getting money, you know, through rent or anything like that. Um, we're, we're not. And, and I'm, I'm happy that I can do that for the town and, and for fans. So please come out and, and join us next week. Um, you can visit BlairtownMuseum.eventbrite.com to see all of our ticket listings uh, that we have available. Tickets are running pretty low at this point on all of the events. Ari Lehman is nearly close to being sold out. Um, Vengeance is almost there. Jason Fest, we're going we're gonna to keep this going until, like I said, Saturday, because there's a couple more people that want to go. When we say once in a lifetime, we really mean once in a lifetime. It's no, it's no bull crap. Um, we don't know when we're going to get all these people here again in this tiny little town on that day. It just kind of stars align perfectly this time around. So if you've been meaning to come to Blairstown and, and walk this, walk this live movie set, if, you know, and, and meet these guys here and have a drink with them here and, and, you know, break bread with them. This is the time to do it because I don't know when we're going to have all of these Jason Voorhees actors back again um, on this day. Just, it just worked out with their schedules that they were all available. So Blairstown is definitely the place to be in. And I appreciate you allowing me to, to get that out to the fans and I hope they all come out and, and visit us. Absolutely. Uh, the stars are in alignment. Get, um, get online, get your tickets, go to Blairstown, uh, check things out. It is, it truly is going to be a once in a lifetime Um you know, may, will there be an event bigger someday? Yeah, maybe, but chances are not anytime soon. So definitely take advantage of the opportunity and anything you'd like to add there, Kenton. Yeah. Show up guys, get tickets. It's worth it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of once in a lifetime opportunities here. You're going to get to see, you know, some like historic locations for Friday the 13th, meet some awesome people, uh, hang out with like-minded people, uh, eat well, drink beer, have fun, and, and just have, you know, a couple of days of 100% Friday the 13th in, in, in Blairstown, where Friday the 13th was born. So uh, buy tickets, show up, have a good time. Uh, I wish I could be there. Like I said, I'm injured, but if I wasn't, I, I would definitely be there. So uh, I can't encourage you enough, guys. This is a, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity if you're a huge Friday the 13th fan. And uh, – get those tickets because they're running out and show up. All right. Jeanette Ayurado from the Blairstown Museum. We appreciate your time and we will look forward to following up with you in the future. But that wraps up another episode of Camp Blood Radio. So please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at. Also check us out on Facebook and please leave us a review there. We would definitely appreciate it. Unless. Unless you're fucking Mark Tefner. Fuck you, Mark Tefner. <laughs>